date to your potential. Inspiring, educating, and empowering single members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our hosts are Peggy Matheson, betrayal trauma recovery expert, and Sharon Collier, certified life and relationship coach. Good morning, everybody out there in singledom. <laughs> so uh, we introduced, Sharon and I introduced Jay last week. He's my fiance. And we were invited to go to an interesting kind of class recently. And it was about spirituality and sexuality within the gospel context. And we kind of were a little disappointed uh really disappointed because <laughs> they talked all around the subject and didn't really talk about the subject so we had this incredible conversation afterwards the meeting after the meeting <laughs> the meeting after the meeting and we ended up talking to another single friend and and she was like enlightened and she was like everybody needs to know this stuff so and jay had so many good nuggets of thought i was taking notes and so i thought well well let's Let's share with our listeners some of the things that we have we have learned. And I want to start with this quote from Elder Bednar, which is so perfect. Um, he said, intimate relations are not merely a curiosity to be explored, an appetite to be satisfied, or a type of recreation or entertainment to be pursued selfishly. They are not a conquest to be achieved or simply an act to be performed. Rather, they are in mortality one of the ultimate expressions of our divine nature and potential and a way of strengthening emotional and spiritual bonds between husband and wife. Now, who doesn't want to strengthen emotional and spiritual bonds? I mean, Elder Bednar is incredible. And hopefully, after this podcast, you'll be able to see more clearly how that can happen. Thanks. So how do we create a sexual life where we feel peace and create sexual self-esteem for ourselves and those we love as we move along the covenant path? Now, this was a new sexual self-esteem was a new term for Jay and I, but one of the things we did get from the class is that there is a book called Six Principles of Sexual Health by Doug Harvey, and it's the Harvey Institute anyway. So it kind of got us started on some of these things, um, and that's where we got the term sexual self-esteem, and I think that's really important. Many of us on this path, being single, have been married before, and we have had intimacy. And so we are on the other side of the covenant path where we aren't doing, we aren't having sexual relations right now. And, but someday we're going to be on the other side of the covenant path and back to having those intimate relations. So how can we create that peace and that sexual self-esteem in our singlehood? And I, and I think, you know, and as Peggy says that there's there's a lot to be explored or there's a lot to be looked at on this side of the covenant path. We all know what the do's and don'ts are, so we don't really need to go into detail around that. But there's a lot that we can explore and a lot that we can learn about each other when we're dating and in relationships on this side of the covenant path. Yeah. So we came up with six areas that we're going to, they don't coordinate with the six um, principles of sexual health, but 
um, six areas that we thought were really important. Now, Jay's had two previous marriages, and I've had one, so we have we have a little bit of life experience in this. So, um, the number one thing we've got, the first thing we thought of was we need to find who we are. We, yeah, in in the context, I think of sons and daughters of God. Oftentimes, we don't look at ourselves as spiritual beings, but I think, and I heard this saying somewhere, is that we're spiritual beings having a physical relationship. We are not physical beings having a spiritual relationship. Right. So definitely a son or a daughter of God. And that's, and there's a lot we're going to actually talk about today. We're not going to go into heavy, into detail about, because there's just a lot. But I also want to state, I probably should have said this at the very beginning, I'm a coach, a life coach. Jay's done a lot of coaching himself in his business world that he's worked in. But we are not psychotherapists. So if you are struggling with some serious issues with sexual health, related to sexual health, I would encourage you to find a therapist who's qualified to deal with that with you. So we're just talking about the things we've learned and from our experience. So besides who we are as a son or daughter of God, we need to understand what our values are personally. And I've talked about on the podcast about personal values, and they can change a little bit over time, but maybe it's integrity, maybe it's um, um, adventure, maybe it's um, viability. I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of values we can have. So those are important to understand what our values are that way, as well as our values morally. Um, here's, a, here's a quote from... Um, the book, Six Principles of Sexual Health. So throughout the lifespan, sexual values play an important role in motivations for sex. Specific sexual acts or turn-ons may have very different meanings for each partner. Values are a source of identifying one's sexual standards and ethics. Values differences when honestly and vulnerably shared between partners can lead to closeness or painful distance. Either way, it is a conversation that brings reality and clarity where couples may have previously choice, chosen avoidance and deception. So clearly, we're talking about being honest and vulnerable. And Sharon and I have always, you know, advocated for finding these things out. Don't hang out in a relationship that's not working for you. So you want to have, when you're in, getting into a relationship, into a dating relationship, and you're getting closer, you want to know that you're intimacy values, the values you have are the same as the person you're dating and the moral values. Okay, so defining who we are. So find out those things about yourself so you can stand by those things as you move through what might be emotionally challenging or, or otherwise in, in dating relationships. Well, and I think it can bring you a lot more clarity in the moment if you've already decided this is where I stand. Right. The second thing is the differences, difference between sex and intimacy. We think it's important to understand that there's, there's intimacy and sex can be a part of that, but there's a lot of different kinds of intimacy. So an intimate relationship is an interpersonal relationship that involves emotional or physical closeness between people and may include sexual intimacy and feelings of romance or love. So all of the, you know, feelings of romance and love could be great 
part of, yeah, we love that part of dating, right? <laughs> well, we, we love that part of dating. And like we say, we want to make it very clear. There's one side of the covenant path when you're dating. And there's certain things you can do on that side. And then once you're more serious, you get engaged, you get married. There's the other side of the covenant path, which would include more sexual um, relationships on the other side of the covenant path. What we're really focusing on is... As, as somebody being single in the LDS world, how do we define this on this side of the covenant path? Because sexuality is such an important part of who we are. Absolutely. And, and far too often within the church, that's a part that gets ignored or gets there's some shame around it or there's avoidance or people don't want to talk about it. And we're going to talk a little bit about the differences between spirituality and sexuality because I think growing up within the church, we're filled with spirituality. We're talked to all the time about spirituality, but very little about sexuality. Other than chastity, which is really important, but there's there's so much about intimacy like we, that, that we can bring into our dating relationship that's totally um, on the covenant path. Well, in so, some in some of those things that you might be thinking of is, do I want to hold this guy's hand, or should I put my arm around her, or you know, those are some of the things. Intimacy is is very an in depth thing, and there's so many other there's so many facets to it. Yeah, and it it has a lot. There's a lot of different ways that we can express intimacy in our relationships, and that is such an important thing to have in a dating relationship that you feel you want to pursue more, right? Absolutely. Um, also, just so you know, sexual health is now considered one of the four pillars of health. Sexual health, let me say that again, is now considered one of the four pillars of health, physical, mental, spiritual, and sexual. Okay, that doesn't come from our religious religion background. That is, that is a mental health industry. So that's that's pretty cool that, that we realize how big a deal this is. So some of the ways um, that we can create peace and sexual self-esteem as we move on, the third one that we talked about is practice healthy touch. So couples regulate each other's hormones. When, when you touch someone, when you hug someone, you're helping to regulate. You can help to regulate their their can their hormones can be co-regulation it can be with a parent or a child or pets or friends too it's not a sexual thing but it's it's kind of a big deal well and i think most of you there in the single world understand or, or saw the study where it says an individual needs like eight 15 second hugs a day and i think that's it's 30 seconds 30 actually seconds? oh yeah oh. 15 seconds okay is 30 one. seconds <laughs> well i like 30 seconds a lot better but we need that to regulate, and, and it's because human touch is important. That's right. Affectionate, intentional touch is a part of healthy touch. And we also need to feel like we belong. And when we have that kind of a physical connection with someone, pets, um, children, Well, and, and especially many of us, not all of us, but many of us are divorced in the single world. There are some widows and widowers. But when we've lost that physical touch, you know, we, we're on the other side of the covenant path and we're used to holding hands and we're used to intimacy and we're, we're used to sexual relations in a marriage. Now we're single, we're going in reverse, and now we're going back. And where do we fit? Where do we belong? And, and that belonging, that physical touch is really important to feel accepted and to feel like we haven't been abandoned. And I, um, 
Um, I know I have a friend here in in the in the Salt Lake area who does cuddle parties. It's totally above board. It's all real legit, and it's a big deal. Um, there are other ways that I've learned how to get practice healthy touch. One of them is dancing, couples dancing, going to classes, and and having specific ways that you touch and you interact with someone of the opposite sex as you dance the the rum you know the rumba or salsa or you know any of those uh, swing um, but also um, healthy touch can include you know giving yourself some touch on your body like your arms your legs your stomach and just telling yourself that you love yourself well and I and, think I think that goes to the next topic that we were going to talk about was practice positive body image. yeah but let me share one thing that I have used with the, the women that I've worked with who are struggling, who are um, struggling in, in having divorce or separation, is if you take your hands and you, and you put your four fingers together and your thumb extended, and then you cross them in front of your body, and then you put them up underneath your arms. So you've got your hands under your arms, and you kind of kind of give yourself a hug, push in and kind of give yourself a hug. It can help at times when you're feeling lonely um, and need some physical touch. I'm thinking this is where we need Sharon because I'm sure there's some type of chemical reaction that <laughs> happens from that, and she would know exactly what that is. Uh, yes, yeah, she probably would. <laughs> but anyway, okay, practicing positive body image. So this is having self-compassion and appreciation for your body. Recognize how, ama how amazing your body is and, and don't let how you feel about your appearance limit your life. I think that can be such a big deal. It's, for me, it's been a big deal in the singles world is recognizing, because now all of a sudden we're looking for the right, there's so much emphasis on visual, right? And how we look and um, how we feel about how we look, that it can be hard to have this um, positive body image. Now, Jay, I know you've had a journey, a specific journey with your body image. Tell me, tell us, share, share with our listeners. Well, I think the biggest thing is that for years and years and years, I, I, I here I am telling people oftentimes words are powerful. The how you self-talk, what you say to yourself, you believe. And I told myself that you know I'm no Tom Cruise. I'm not that great looking. I've got a great personality. I can charm the ladies. <laughs> But, you know, I just, I'm not that good looking. And then I realized maybe nine months ago, a year ago, I just looked in the mirror and said, you know what? I think I'm dang good looking. And I really changed my perception of me. And I, I really believed it. And it's amazing how other people treat me differently now. They see me differently because I see myself differently. And it's not on a level of being arrogant and look at me. It's on a level of just looking at myself and saying, I'm a good looking guy. I take care of myself. I keep my beard and mustache trimmed. I care about how my hair looks. I care about how I dress. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a good looking dude. <laughs> and Jay's on a journey losing some weight. So Oh yeah, and I've been doing keto since January 1st and I've lost 11 pounds and I've got a goal weight. Are you clapping for him cuz I think he's wanting you to clap for him. <laughs> well, I have a goal weight by April 27th cuz something's happening on April 27th. <laughs> so, so we each of us has our own journey with our with our body image and how we feel about ourselves. But we need to have a healthy 
body image and figure out how to make that happen for yourself. Okay, the next one is practicing self-care. And this is a huge topic, but we've just, I'm just, the healthy touch is part of it. Um, the other one is that movement, walking, dancing, lifting weights, stretching, yoga. These are all really important parts of self-care and, 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 and learning about your body, taking care of your body and helping yourself um, you know, sometimes with the sexual desires, there's things you can do physically that are not, that are legal, right? Like lifting weights, like dance. For me, dancing works really great. And um, so find a way that you want to move that can kind of channel some of your sexual energy in a way that's healthy. Um, and we talked, Jay and I were talking about having a plan to manage your sexual energy, which is part of what the movement is, right? Oh, absolutely. I know for me, when I'm in the gym, I'm on the treadmill, I'm lifting weights, I get that stress release. I get that, that I, I'm able to channel some of that sexual energy into physical activity so that I can, you know, after I leave the gym, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about myself. I'm improving my looks by lifting weights. I'm, I'm doing cardio, so I have a better, you know, I've got a better, uh, I'm in more in shape. You know, and I love going hiking and I love kayaking and paddleboarding. And so it's a way having that plan and managing your sexual energy, I think, is really, really important when you're single. Yeah. So the other another one is practicing body autonomy. So this would be like you get to say no when you want to touch someone. You get to say yes when you when you know when you don't want to touch someone. Yes, when you do. For example, a, a child you don't make your child hug grandma if they don't feel like it. You allow them to have that body autonomy. That for them, for whatever reason, may be too close for them at, a t at some time. I know sometimes um, in dancing and going to dances, sometimes um, we get touched maybe in ways we don't feel comfortable with or whatever. Speaking up, I know it's really hard when it's with a stranger, <laughs> but you know, being able to say, no, that's not okay with me. Even if it seems like it's a small thing, I think it's really important that we take that step and empower ourselves to, to have that, to choose how we want our bodies to be engaging with other people. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Okay. Um, so we were talking a minute ago about sending our sexual energy into appropriate channels. And one of the things I love to do is create that my creativity is really important. And it, sometimes if I am not claiming those passions that I love, if I, and sometimes when there's been abuse or trauma in the past, we've left behind parts of ourselves. And sometimes it's creative or fun parts of ourselves, parts that, that brought us a lot of joy. And those are, those are our passions. Rekindle those passions. Find out what they are if you're, you haven't even discovered them but reclaim those parts of yourself and for me part of that has been creativity some of that for me has been um i love color i really love color and sometimes i like going to stores that i know have a lot of color or boutiques where there's interesting new creative things and that just is a part 
that just lights my fire. And and I want to bring up a good point right there, Piggy, is that we're not talking when we're talking passions, we're not talking sexual passions in your creativity. We're talking that's a passion. Sexual is one sort of passion. But if you're segmenting any other types of passions, like creativity, like using your five senses, some people love to go to what's they called sound baths. I don't know if you've ever done one of those, but a sound bath, you go and they play different sounds and music and your body, it just, it's just a wonderful experience. And it's part of using your five senses. Another thing for me I'm very passionate about, and a lot of people know this because I have a lot of kids, is I love my kids. I, I love my kids. I love my grandkids. I love going to basketball games. I love going to, to see them um, perform. And, you know, just the other night, Peggy and I were able to go see her two grandsons, uh, Ulysses and Abe, perform in the school play. And it's, it's being able to be passionate about your family relations and about the connections in your life. Yeah, I agree. And that's part of creating balance. And that's a big key. With your other passions, create balance. Um, there's that old saying that's, that says men have a one-track mind. <laughs> Jay brought this up. But we need to give it multiple plaques. Plan, multiple tracks. Multiple tracks. Have a plan in place so that you don't fall into that trap of a one-track mind. And so, and you guys know what I'm talking about. And, and when, when you diversify and when you have more than one track on your mind and when you're thinking about your relationships and your connections and your creativity and maybe sports or, or whatever that might be, you can channel some of, those, some of that energy into those tracks. Some of that sexual energy. Right. right. So, great. I, I love this quote from President Nelson. And I think this is so applicable here. As you think celestial, you will find yourself avoiding anything that robs you of your agency. Any addiction, be it gambling, gaming, debt, drugs, alcohol, anger, pornography, sex, or even food, offends God. Why? Because your obsession becomes your God. Worshiping false idols, right there. Okay. And see, I think this is our last one. Invite the spirit into our sexual health and healing. So we all know the avenues of inviting the spirit into our life. And so ask God to help you with this. If you're needing more physical touch, if you're wanting to live the covenant path on this side of the covenant path before you get into a, a marriage, um, then ask God. Um, fast, do scripture. I do. I do what I call a flip and land, where I say a prayer, ask a question, and then I flip open the scriptures and see where I land. And often I get the answers through the scriptures. And keeping our covenants, there is power and strength through keeping our covenants. And as as Jay and I were talking about this, this one of my favorite scriptures came to mind. And that's D&C 121.45. Let thy bowels also be full of charity towards all men and to the household of faith. And let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God. And the doctrine of the priesthood shall distill upon thy soul as the dews from heaven. I think that is such beautiful imagery. Well, and I think, Peggy, this is where spirituality and sexuality come together. 
is that oftentimes growing up, we, like I said early in the podcast, we focus on the spirituality piece, but we don't really talk about the sexuality piece. It's absolutely critical if you're going to have a divine marriage, like uh, Elder Bednar said earlier, we quoted earlier, is to be able to incorporate the spirit into your marriage or into your relationship and to be able to to ask for guidance and do the will of uh, the will of the Lord. And I love the part of that scripture where it says, virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. That's the key is intimacy has to be intentional. And when I say intentional, it's intentional in terms of respecting your partner and, and truly loving your partner and truly caring about them as much as you care about yourself. I think when you think about sex or you think about those type of things from the, the natural man or the carnal world, it's very selfish. It can be very debilitating. It can be very hollow. I'll share an experience and I'll be a little bit vulnerable here. I've been married twice. And after my first divorce, I went off, I kind of went off the deep end. I, I had this idea of eternal marriage and I was going to be married the rest of my life and for all eternity. And it just didn't work out. And I had this gaping hole in my chest that I couldn't feel. And I was a little disillusioned. I'm sure some of you out there have kind of felt that way after a divorce. And I just thought, you know, and so I went and did things I shouldn't have done. I, I went on the other side of the covenant path, which wasn't anywhere near the covenant path. And I got excommunicated. And I was excommunicated for a period of time. And during that time, I realized and I learned and I grew and I figured it out on how to be responsible and, and accountable when it comes to holding my priesthood and making covenants in the temple. When I got divorced the second time, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And so the second time I turned towards Heavenly Father, I knew that turning toward worldly things was not going to help me. Turning towards the Lord, having the Spirit in my life has been a blessing. And so when you think about virtue, garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. What you think is what you do. And so really, really focus on your thoughts and, and when it comes to your sexuality and it comes to your spirituality, because incorporating the spirit into your relationship will be key. And I think we need to, I, thank you so much for sharing that, Jay. And I think we need to also reiterate sexual thoughts are not bad. Okay. Natural, normal sexual thoughts are not bad. They're just out of context if we aren't married. Absolutely. So, and we and we can take that a step further. Intimate sexual relationships aren't bad. Oftentimes in the church, we talk, you know, we're taught as kids growing up they're bad. Well, they're we shouldn't do them out of marriage. Out, you know, we should do it within the bonds of marriage. But once we get married, we need to understand that that's part of our divine lineage. That's a part of our divine uh, being a divine being. That's part of it. Where Elder Bednar had talked about earlier in that quote. Right. And I also want to say, I I feel like. Um, well, I know this, that we can have really rewarding, intimate interactions with someone that we've created a relationship with, that we feel safe with, and we can have mutual pleasure that's within the bounds that God has set. So, like, I think about pleasure as enjoying eating a really yummy meal like sitting there and really savoring it. Um, pleasure, like I was talking about before, um, color just makes me happy, but also hiking, being out in nature, also those things are pleasurable too. So mutual pleasure you can still create in your dating relationships within the covenant path. And I think we forget about those things, but 
it can help you to dispel some of the sexual energy as you maybe focus on some of the things that are pleasurable that you can do, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, I, I totally agree. And if you're not incorporating the spirit, incorporating the spirit into your sexual life, you're just guessing, and you ri you risk losing the safety net of of the covenants. And it can create disconnection. You can cause miscommunication, failed expectations. So, really, sexuality and spirituality are so connected, and they need to be a part of our lives as we are on this covenant path. On both sides. On both sides, yeah, both sides of the covenant path. I know we have um, married couples that listen, and I think that um, we will... I think this is very, very appropriate for married couples, too. So we need to bring our whole self to the table. Desires are God-given, we need to have more wholesome conversation about these kinds of things, but we wanted to bring it up in the, in the podcast. So when we exude or su suppress either one, exclude or suppress this very important part of our beings, it can cause a lack of wholeness. And so we hope that you guys have gotten something important out of this about how to um, Create not to not to suppress your sexuality, but to find ways to express it that are within the covenant path, and that creates sexual self-esteem. And you bring your whole self to the table. Yeah, and I think that's so important when you're in the dating world, bringing your whole self, and and being able to be confident and being able to know who you are. Because we started that. If you remember, we started our very first one was define who we are. We are sons and daughters of a divine being. And the sexual, our sexuality and our sexual nature was given to us by our Heavenly Father. And so it's kind of going back to what Peggy just said, in a wholesome way to be able to manage that, channel that, and appropriately and wholesomely handle that within the covenant path bounds. Yeah. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for listening. Hope hope that this gives you some things to think about and maybe reframes your dating life as far as sexuality and spirituality. And talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it inspired you on your dating journey. Please share this with anyone you think might benefit from what you've heard today and click the button to follow us. You can reach either Sharon or I at datetoyourpotential.com. We work with people who are single or married. We want you to know you are not alone. We support you. We are in this with you.